Hello and welcome to Hoop Collective Podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we're doing on Sunday afternoon for some of us, Sunday morning for some of us. Joining us from the San Francisco Bay Area is Tim Bontemps. Hello, guys. How are we doing? Good Sunday morning to you, sir. Joining us from Dallas, Texas, Van McMahon. Howdy, partners. It is good to be back. Back in the saddle, Bontemps. Here we are, baby. I know. So glad you guys could be made Finally. available today. Uh, <laughs> you know our best ability baby here we are that, that's right um we got one skill so jackson is producing today from los angeles he's going to the rams game today i don't even know who the rams are playing but he's syracuse. like hey the who they're playing syracuse <laughs> yeah. yeah let's not talk about syracuse football um playing the steel today for the record thank you jackson's like uh hey let's do the uh the the wins <laughs> I don't even know how he said. It. I don't even remember. He's like, "Let's do the wins podcast again." The I'm wins like, what? draft. The wins draft. Yeah. I'm like, the what? Wins pool. He's like, "Yeah, pool. it's a wins like, pool. Lots of people do wins pools." All right. I had zero recollection of us doing the wins pool last year, and apparently, not only did we do this, but Bon Temps kept track of whose selections won, did you? which missed, which mystified me. And I thought the reason he kept it was because he won McMahon. I, I did too. When when he told me he kept track, when he volunteered that information, that's what I thought. But I should have. By the way, keeping track is keeping. Yeah, keeping track is very simple. Guy. You just put the just put the, the put the teams in a spreadsheet, and you just do a 10, 10 numbers in a row and add them up. Who who <laughs> won? Very simple. Won? Tell the people. Ben McMahon won last year. Oh, Big win, Ben McMahon. Shocker. Smart. Yep. Who was in here. third? Me. <laughs> I was oh. in third. Oh, all right. See, the thing is, McMahon, like Bontemps is in like 35 different leagues and like 45 different pools. And you'll be like, <laughs> yeah, I, I caught a cricket game in India the other day. He's like, oh, yeah, I, I'm in a fancy league. Um, uh, yeah, I was I was I, mean, I just not, caught this I would definitely not. I would definitely say it's not quite to that extent. I definitely like, not. Yeah, I got, say it's I quite to an that incredible extent. goal that uh, Bayern Munich had in the Bundesliga. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, I'm in a pool for that. And uh you know, it was, it was, it was a big win o- over Strasbourg. Um, so uh, anyway, uh, that said, uh, Jackson, we're going to fulfill your request. Uh, Bob Temps, would you explain to the people and also to me exactly what we're doing here? Yeah, no one, no one listening needs to be uh, explained how this thing works. That's the thing. You're, I'm just trying to save you from our new overlords with ESPN Bet that you'll uh, you'll yes. you'll stay employed because this is like the most basic thing of all time. We draft all 30 teams. We go back and forth, and whoever, whatever group of 10 teams has the most wins at the end of the season wins. That's it. Every time oh, nice. your turn comes up, Wendy, you take the team that's left. You're you going to pick second. McMahon, McMahon's going to get the choice to pick first or third because he won. I'll pick oh, no, this the is other. Snake draft? We'll pick second. Yeah. Okay. So all you got to do, Listen. if you're going to you're going to pick second, so all you got to do is every time pick a team, one team. Listen, it's very. Simple. I love how Wendy can understand like the complexities of the salary cap and the CBA, but the snake draft throws him off. I mean, some would Let argue me- he has trouble with that, but he has a lot more trouble with the snake draft. Because we had this exact same conversation last year verbatim all the way through. We did this. Let me just say this. (laughs) I I am not smart when it comes to to pools and gambling and whatnot. But I will say this, that when you look at the over-unders, which is not what we're doing here, but I think the over-unders generally are a scam. Because many teams, if not most teams, 
whether you bet over or under, you get less than even money. Well, yeah, yeah. Duh. They, these, the, those fancy casinos aren't built because they're, they're trying fancy to for give away money. <laughs> Breaking oh, news. Yeah. Well, I know, typically, but if you take, gambling is not a way to make a lot of I money. I understand that, but typically if you take the the underdog position, you are rewarded with a favorable odd. And I'm yeah, just but there's saying, no underdog position. That's the whole point of it. I mean, excuse me, if you t- if you take an over on a team that is a lot of people are on under, then you are taking the underdog position. Yeah, and if, sometimes that if that's the case, sometimes that is a positive number. If like 80% of the money's on one side, then it will shift. Well, that's what I'm saying, you know, but most of the time it's not. Most of the time it's you're 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 paying the VIG every single win or lose. If you if you if you're betting on the favorite and you're taking the favorite, then okay, I understand you pay the VIG, but how this can you good, take the this is a good side detour from from the actual well, Wendy, pod that we're doing. Wendy, we're about to bet on the come here. That's that's what we're doing. <laughs> I know that. I know that's one Perfect. of my favorites. All right. That bet I 100 percent understand. Ironically, most people don't understand craps. I understand the game crystal clear. Uh and it, and to me it's a it's an odd phrase and it's an old timer phrase. And I'm looking for I'm looking but, forward to we're in Vegas and December McMahon for the live pod. I'm looking forward to watching Brian at a craps table and seeing oh, seeing just, this just play out. Just well, this hustle. is the thing. You, it's very hard to win at craps. It's an incredibly fun game, but it's extremely hard to win. He's uh, already making excuses. That's what he does. I understand uh, it crystal clear, but I can't win. <laughs> All right. On I understand to... it well enough to know that you can't win. All right. By the way, did you just announce we're doing the live pod? Because we haven't made that announcement yet. You've so already been talking it. about You've the live pod it. on the it. podcast for months. So. Oh so, yes, why not? Well, I don't We've know. Been if talking it's about it since July. I mean, I will just say that I have reluctantly scheduled it on my calendar. We're speaking into you we're know. speaking into existence. Yeah, we're, I, we're, I have nothing on my all. calendar for December eighth. That's all I'm going to say, and I've had to clear it. And I might you, have a hotel reservation. He'll be signing autographs, kissing babies, doing all that good stuff. All right. Okay. It's a Halloween so, fun night here in Campbell, California, last night, and, and uh, the the high school or the elementary school basketball coach walked by and was like, great pod pod is pod is crossed into elementary school. Backyards. Yes, well, what's the over under on the elementary school team this year? Okay. Uh, McMahon, are you are taking, it's going to be good, but you're going to be at minus minus one ten minimum. Um, McMahon, <laughs> are you taking the first pick? Or are you taking picks three and four? Uh, I'll go first just so we can get this damn thing started. Cause you guys keep. <laughs> so I will go first. And I'm I picked the Bucks to win the title. I'm gonna pick the Bucks here. Um, I will say this deal with Terry Stott suddenly resigning. I have concerns about that. I, I that's not a good thing, obviously. Um, I really thought that Terry Stotts was gonna be a kind of a perfect fit as a right-hand man, an experienced head coach sitting next to obviously a rookie head coach and Adrian Griffin. Uh, the relationship he has with Damian Lillard. I think Terry's one of the great offensive minds uh, around the league. I've got concerns about that situation, but uh, I just love the talent on the Bucks roster and the way that the talent fits together. So I'm going to stick with Milwaukee as my number one pick. Yeah, but you realize we're picking number of wins. You're not picking who's going to win the title. We're I know. Wins. I know. But part of me predicting. Yes, the big man, big man gets it. He won it last year. Yeah. Well, he might get it, but he just explained why they may not get a 
may, they may I explain I explain my my hesitation here. I see. But again, I just Dame and Giannis, I think, is just such a phenomenal fit. You know, the other concern I have is is about Chris Middleton and you know, can he get back to being at the level he's been in the past? He's seems to be pretty consistently dealing with some sorts of injuries. But like I said, I'm I'm betting on Dame and Giannis to deliver a 56, 57 type of win season. Okay. I think that I don't think many people are gonna quibble with you picking them first. I will pick the Celtics second. Uh I think that they have some challenges, particularly their depth and getting their uh, roles ironed out. But this is a team that has been building towards this for years. And while I'm not 100% sure they're going to be able to win it all, I love them to pile up victories. So mm-hmm. I am actually, I would rate the Celtics. You know how teams who draft like 17th say, well, he was number one on our board, right. even though we got him at 17th. The Celtics were number one on my board. So I'm very happy to take them at number two. That's definitely the uh, the decision that I had to make was was Bucks or Celtics. Yeah, I would have had the Celtics first. I think they're going to have a terrific season, regular season wise. We'll see how it adds up in the playoffs. I have the same concerns as you about Milwaukee. Um, I would have taken Denver second. I will take Denver with my first pick. Obviously, we've seen them in the regular season pile up wins. Jokic never gets hurt. You know, we'll see how their their year goes this year. They lost some depth. It could maybe be an issue down the road in the playoffs. But with Jokic on the court. You're sort of guaranteed to have a pretty high number of wins. And I'll go Phoenix with my other pick. I Hold thought on, time about out. Time out. Teams, but That's good. We talked about the time offensive firepower. Time out. Time out. Let me say something about the Nuggets. Okay. So okay. Calvin Booth gave this interview to The Ringer last week where he said a lot of things that were interesting. Then he came back out and said that he actually didn't mean for those to be on the record. I'm not going to parse all that right now because I didn't think anything that he said was untrue. But one thing that he said that I thought was interesting. Unwise. <laughs> okay, well, it, we don't it care about unwise that in our to, world. I know, but <laughs> we like when people go on the record. That's even right. If they think they're off. All right. My point is this. One of the things that he said is I think our guys are tired. Yeah. Now, he may not have meant that to be on the record, <laughs> but I am going to pay attention to that insight. In fact, I'm going to pay double attention to it because he may not have known he was saying it, but I think he pulled a window into it. Now, do I think that's going to affect the Nuggets come next uh, spring? No, I'm not changing my viewpoint Mm -hmm. on their ability to repeat. But in terms of this, and by the way, I think taking them third on temps is a fine decision. But in terms of picking the wins, since this is a wins discussion, I do think it's relevant. And I also think, Let's look just back a year. Not that I'm going to compare the Warriors who have all those rings to the Nuggets who have one, but it was a very classic championship hangover that affected right. the Warriors last year. And generally, while there's some uh, focus from like Jamal Murray to try to make all NBA, generally these dudes are fat and happy. Uh, they're they're generally in great contract situations. Um, I think Michael Malone would like to get one of those Monty Williams style contracts, but um, I, I think he's got um, multiple years left on his deal. So um, uh, I just would in like his, to just... in in his final regular season, in his uh, preseason finale to tune up for the regular season in 28 minutes against the Clippers, Nikola Jokic had 25 points, 14 rebounds, eight assists, great. a steal, and a turnover, and shot nine 
15 from the field, including three right. for six from that, three. That, I think he's going to be fine. That's the last preseason box score line that we're going to I was just – when Brian just said <laughs> that they're tired, I was just pointing out that Jokic looks fine. I Jokic didn't say fine. they were tired. Their general manager I, 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 okay. said that they were I was just, I, I, I was just I, pointing out. I think out. pointing out the possibility of a championship hangover potentially sure. preventing them from bolting out of the blocks is a legitimate concern. Oh, I was oh yeah, tell you totally. This. I just I didn't think – I didn't know if people were paying attention to the regular season. I complained our about preseason naturally. I was pointing out Jokic looks great. That's all. I, I'm just saying I complained about the so many of these over under bets being, you know, negative odds. Mm-hmm. I'll just say that the Nuggets, which is over under, is a 52 and a half at most places. Their under bet is plus 110. That's all. And I hear the general manager saying we're tired. That's all. Okay, your fourth pick was the Phoenix. Hey, well, hold on, yeah, though. That, if we're talking yeah, about the Nuggets plus, preseason. The plus means people are not betting it, by the way. People means people right. are That's what it. I'm saying. He's saying he I'm saying dying. there's information that is public about them being tired. There you and go. Okay. The odds are plus. I don't have to be a, 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 a very worked up prognosticator. I'm just saying, like, you know, I'm pointing that out. That's I want to make one Ohio quick State point. one yesterday. You should be happy. One, yes, one sir. One quick point about Nuggets preseason, then we'll get on with the draft. The yeah, biggest takeaway from Nuggets preseason is I think they got an absolute steal near the bottom of the first round of Julian Strouther. That dude looks yeah. ready to contribute now and like a They're, potential all-rookie type of guy. I mean, they they made a big bet when they let Jeff Green go, when they didn't. Obviously, they couldn't keep Bruce Brown money-wise. They're making a big bet on their young guys, Peyton Watson, Hunter Tyson, Julian Strother. Like Those guys are interesting, and you know if they're good, you look at the you look if their depth is better this year with these young guys taking a step forward, they're going to be really good. The other pick again, real quick on Phoenix since we got interrupted there. Uh, I Wait, um you yeah I know I know uh, I was that was the joke Brian I uh, I went back and forth on a few teams. I have a lot of concerns about the Suns from a regular season win standpoint. Obviously, they don't have a lot of depth. They have a lot of guys who have very significant injury history at this point. Um, All three of their top guys have missed a lot of time in recent years, but we've seen even in the preseason, you know, we talked about the game when they had what 48 or 50 points in the first quarter, like when they are out there and playing their offense should be really good. And I just decided I went with the upside of them over some of these other potential Eastern conference teams that I think will be good, but probably can't kick quite the same heights that the sun. And speaking of betters, the betters are skeptical a little bit of you on that one, Bon Temps, because actually the sun's over is even money. Whereas mm-hmm. the sun's under is significantly less than even money. People are wagering. More people are wagering. They're going to go under 52 and a half than going over. Well, you know, Bontemps so, has been high on the Suns for you know all summer long. I mean, ever since the KD trade, he loves down. the Aiton trade. He, I, I really don't like. I really didn't. I really don't like the fourth pick in this. I, I like the top two picks. I'd be a little hesitant about the Bucks and Suns, and then I'd feel better after that. But I don't think way, I could take any of those teams over him. Having having recently gone through Phoenix, I didn't. I did hear some concerns from folks with the Suns about that Aiton trade. And it was about the other guy that they gave up in the deal. They loved Tamani Kamara. I'm, and I might be botching his name. 52nd overall. Wow. Okay. That's the guy they hated to see, to see go. Um, I uh, I apologize for interrupting. We have pretty significant news. 
Steven Adams will undergo season-ending surgery on his oh, right boy. PCL after non-operative rehabilitation did not resolve ongoing knee instability. Adams is expected to make a full recovery ahead of next season. That's Grizzlies just put great. that out. That is a very significant uh, development in Memphis. And, yeah, and obviously Steven Adams' injury, there's a lot of things that went wrong for the Grizzlies uh, in the last couple months of last season. Steven Adams not being available from March on was an absolute killer. Also, Brandon Clark is a maybe he will be ready to come back at some point this season. I wouldn't bet strongly on that. Uh, their depth at center is, is back to being a massive concern. Did he have multiple procedures on this knee already? I don't yeah. believe he had procedures. I think they tried to, I believe they tried to address this without any kind of uh, surgery. Man, this is the last that's year of his contract, man, too, right? I'd have to look that uh, up. To I think, yeah, that's one more. Let me pull that up while we're, while we're working here. But, um, let me pull it up while we're looking here. Memphis, Stephen Adams. He has this year and next year at 12.6, both years. That's a good value typically, but geez. Oh, uh, wow. Okay. That's not great news for the Grizzlies. Uh, at least it was. Uh, me... Yeah. What were they saying about him when you were there, McMahon? Did, is, this, is this a surprise? You know, I mean, obviously it's a surprise, certainly... but I mean, like, I mean, were yeah. there, was there optimism? There was. You know, he, he'd been practicing and like, you know, he was cleared to go for the start of camp. There was definitely a feeling that it was going to be something that was going to be have to be carefully managed throughout the season. Um, I couldn't tell you if there was some sort of setback or, you know, what the case may be. Um, but, you know, they were definitely going into this like Stephen Adams is going to be their starting center this year. Man. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a big that's a big blow. I mean, we spent all summer talking about the need for. For Jaron Jackson to be playing next to a center. And like you said, McMahon, now no Brandon Clark, no Steven Adams, going to be a lot Jaren of... Jackson. Jaron Jackson fouled out of a preseason game in the third quarter the other day. Well, and I mean, they, Xavier Tillman's a nice player, and they've got him, but there's not, you know, not a lot else after that. I mean, we've joked about him a little bit on the pod, but I mean, there's probably going to be some real minutes for Kenny Lofton, I would think, to, to potentially play a real role there after this. Well, and so... Yes, Kenny Lofton and uh, Santi Aldama would look. Jaron Jackson. The problem is, like, as much as you want a rim protector like that to play center, as you saw with Team USA, he is not a center. Now, can they pair him with Santi Aldama? Can they pair him with Kenneth Lofton Jr.? Um, they've had some success there. That's going to have to be something. You know, they're going to have to rely on those type of looks a lot now. Uh, Xavier Tillman. Is, is, you know, I assume would go back to the starting center role, which he's a solid player. He's a guy you love when he's your third big. Uh, as your starting center, you have concerns. Okay. It's, to me, well, I mean, he can get him through the season, I think. Like, he's a solid player. It's like, to me, it's like you said, it's less even him being the starter. It's then, you know, you're relying a lot on Kenny Lofton, then, who I think is a really interesting player, but is also small. Like, that's, well, and that's always been the hang-up with him. I small, and, like small and height, not small yeah. in other ways. He's like six six, right? Yes. Not as, yeah, he and, yes. and he's a. I think Kenneth Lofton Jr. has a potentially bright future as like a bench bucket getter. Um, yes, really, really interesting offensive player. There's going to be clear defensive concerns now. How much can Jaron Jackson Jr. help cover up some of those defensive concerns? 
you know, and then they had the problem, obviously, and we're not going to read his whole line of his box score for the last preseason game. But Jaron Jackson Jr. did foul out in 20 minutes the other night, which gets you right back Breaking to news. two major concerns with him, foul trouble and a lack of rebounding. And Stephen Adams, one of the best rebounders in the league, is not going to be able to play this year. All right. So, all right. so Brian, with all that, we're now going to have Memphis go fifth to Brian, right? Going to take Memphis fifth? <laughs> is it my pick? <laughs> yes, it's Just your pick. Just kidding. All right. I'm going with the Golden State Warriors. Um, I believe they have a bounce back here, at least in terms of victories. They understand that they can't mess around and try to move in without home court advantage. Um, and whether they can do that or not. Um, I also think Chris Paul will either be on his absolute best behavior, which could lead to good things, or they could potentially trade Chris Paul as an expiring contract at some point. I'm encouraged by Jonathan Kaminga's play in the preseason, which could help give them a more, uh, another viable uh, player there. And I'm just betting on team chemistry being better after Jordan Poole getting traded. Listen, you know, I've been on that CP six man of the year campaign bandwagon before he was even on it. So I, and the one thing I'll say about Chris Paul, anytime there have been issues with him and teammates, it's been because he was harshly pointing out things that they needed a kick in the butt about. I don't, I don't think that's going to be an issue with the Warriors. I think it took him a while to wrap his head around him being a reserve for the first time literally ever in his NBA career. But I don't doubt Chris Paul's desire to win. And I don't think that there's going to be chemistry concerns with him. On Tim, you got anything to add there before I go on to uh, the sixth pick? I was just going to say that I, I think the six man of the year campaign is alive and well, and I, I'm I'm high on Golden State. I think I think they're in a good place, and I think if Chris Paul comes off the bench, I think they're going to win an absolute ton of regular season games. I debated picking them fourth. More Hoop Collective podcast after this. Boys, a wise man told us last year. The Lakers had a top six roster in the West. Okay. I'm leaving out that part (laughs) (laughs) with a six pick (laughs) (laughs) ended up being a top four uh, roster last year in the NBA. I think, and I think they've upgraded that roster. I know, you know, not, we're we're not harping too much on uh, preseason box scores, despite Christian Wood being a minus 35 and 15 minutes the other night. I do think they've upgraded that roster this summer. Um, obviously betting on LeBron has proved to be pretty, pretty lucrative throughout the course of his 21 year career. Uh, I'm going to go with the Lakers here. You know, they've got, they've got two superstars knock on wood for their health. They've got some ascending talent specifically, uh, in Austin Reeves. Um, you know, I do think they improved the depth of that roster and I'm, I'm, I'm going LA. I'm going, I'm going spotlight here. All right. Oh, wait, wait, wait. It's a snake draft. Anybody want to chime in? Anything? Oh, you messed, you messed it up. I would have picked them a little bit later than this, just because I think some of the, the, there's some teams I think are a little more certain uh, in terms of their upside. But look, if, if LeBron and AD can play 65 plus games, Lakers should win a lot of games, but I mean, you could make arguments for a lot. I mean, there's a whole bunch of teams in the West from probably two to 10. I think you could if you feel good about them, you can make a pretty good argument. They're going to win a lot of games. So when do you've been as excited about the Lakers as anybody uh, outside of Rob Palenka and the Laker girls, you got anything? (laughs) 
I just love Lawrence. When I, my first covering the league in 2003 for a preseason game, which I was just reviewing this week because I wrote a story about LeBron's first preseason comparing it to the Wembenyama. Um, I'll never forget going to my first Laker game and the Laker girls come out and dance and uh, Lawrence Tanter, the PA announcer, who was a legend then 20 plus years ago, when they would finish their performance, he would just lean into the mic and go, Laker girls. That was all he said. He just, Laker girls. <laughs> um, I was My first ever game in LA, I was blown away by that atmosphere. And I've never forgotten the way I felt at my first ever Laker game. Now, granted, it was the Kobe, Shaq, Carl Malone, mm-hmm. Gary Payton, you know, three championships in four years, Lakers. So, you know, it was pretty much, you know, some of the the height Staples center was still sparkling new and all that stuff. But, uh, it was awesome. Uh, I think if the Lakers defend they'll they'll win. Obviously health is goes without saying they defended at the end of last season. Um, they defend, they'll win. I think they'll win a bunch of games if they defend. It's not a bad pick. All right. So Bontemps, you have the next two. No, no, I've, I've got one more. And then oh. back to you, Wendy. Oh. Jesus uh, Christ! Go on. I don't. Go I, I don't get. It. I need a. I need a. You th- I'm not joking. I don't understand. You, are, you your your incompetence on on the snake. Real simple. Every time, truly off the charts. Every time I pick, I'll have it's not, two. It's not an act. Bon picks. He'll have two. You just got to go one at a time. I know. Thank God. I'm That's still your hometown team from you here, Wendy. I'm going with those Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, obviously, year two of Donovan Mitchell is part of that core. Um, what, what's Jared Allen's health situation? Do we have a recent update on that? We do shouldn't not. be a long term. Shouldn't be a long term yeah. thing. Yeah, and obviously, I don't know if he's going to play Wednesday, but it, I don't. I don't expect it to be a long term absence. You know, I, I, I think it's a pretty obvious statement that the ceiling of the Cleveland Cavaliers is still going to be based on uh, whether Evan Mobley developed significantly on the offensive end, whether he takes the leap on that end that honestly, I I thought he might last year and didn't happen. Well, they've, they've shown some wrinkles in the preseason of some different looks with him offensively, um, putting him in a little bit of different spots. Um, We'll see. We'll see what that means. They're they're also shooting a ton of threes um, way more than they did last year. Uh, Part of that is because they signed Max Struess at, and um, George Niang, who are volume three-point shooters. Um, they were, you know, they were, I think, 21st in three-point They were 24th. They were 24th in three-point attempts per game last year, but they were like four attempts out of eighth per right. game. You know, and I, I suspect they'll be in the is, top five or six this year just because of adding Niang and Strews to their team. Hey, if you are looking for regular season wins, what you got to do, is yep. find the team that has bang bang George Niang. I'm looking for. I think it was a Stat Muse tweet. It was a Stat Muse tweet that our favorite podcast, one of I our favorite podcasts. I don't the, have it. I don't have it handy, but it was. It had the regular season wins leader among players for each decade, and obviously you're talking, you know, big name, big name, big name, big name, like LeBron last decade. So far in the 2020s, it's bang bang George Niang, the minivan baby. I'm 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 hitching my wagon to the minivan. And they say after this year too, that stat should be presented. That tweet should be presented on like a uh, engraved golden uh, chalice to James Harden. Ship that sucker to Houston. You want to win, buddy? You should stick with those 76ers. Look how many games they won. This is really a commentary on the 76ers more than is. 
our guy Neil. Uh, he won some of those games with the Utah Jazz. He won, won a lot of those games with the Utah oh, Jazz. Oh, that's right. You're right. Yeah, well, I mean, the Jazz, one of those years, led the league in regular season wins. Uh, anyways, well, you're so backing yourself up, re- reuniting Donovan Mitchell and, and George Niang. You know, there it's you guaranteed yep. regular season success. Yep. Your turn, Wendy. Oh, oh my God. Okay. So I'm going to take the 76ers because I was just talking about it. I'm a. I was believer. hoping they would get to me. Boo. I, I'm a I'm a believer in the 76ers roster. I, I honestly believe if they just brought James Harden back, that they would be a, a serious contender to win the East. I, I don't think they were that far away last year. They've tried. I think if I know, I think if they have honestly, tried. if if Harden hadn't scored 40 in game one against the Celtics, which I know that they won without Embiid, it might have behooved them better, both in that series and in this offseason where Harden was like, see, if I get to play my game, I can still be a full max player. I honestly don't think that that game helped them in the long term. But I like their team. I think that they hired an excellent coach in Nick Nurse, who historically gets the most out of his roster. I think Maxi is going to be great. And even if Harden doesn't play for them, uh, I still think they're going to win a lot of games. So I'm happy to take them at six. Uh, and I think... Honestly, I think if you're the Cavs, you're hoping you finish ahead of the 76ers. But I'm not sure sure I agree that they will, even with the hard and uncertainty. Yeah, look, I think the Sixers are going to have a very good regular season, regardless of whether James Harden is there or not. I think Tyrese Maxey, if James Harden is not there, will make the all-star team this year. I think he's going to have a huge year. Um, and they do have a lot of talent, and they've got one of the best players in the league in Joel Embiid, the reigning MVP. And I, I, I do think they're going to win a lot of games. I mean, remember... Two years ago, when they traded for James Harden in the middle of the season, and he, you know, sort of had a cameo down the stretch, that team won fifty-ish games with Tyrese Maxey just sort of learning how to play point guard on the fly with less talent around him than what they've got now. Um, and the other guy I'm curious to see this year too for the Sixers is Tobias Harris, who seems incredibly happy to be in an offense where he's going to be allowed to do more than just catch the ball and shoot it occasionally on the wing. And I think he's quite happy to have a different voice uh, telling him to be aggressive and attack on offense. So I do think they're going to win a lot of regular season games. I wasn't kidding. I was hoping that they would slip to my picks here because I would have definitely taken them. I'm going to take the Knicks, though. I think the Knicks have a chance to win a ton of regular season games. Uh, They have basically their whole team back from last year. The only real change they made was swapping out Obi Toppin for Dante DiVincenzo, um, which I think is an upgrade for the Knicks. I think that when you look at their team overall, they know exactly how Tibbs wants to play. There's sort of a bunch of Tibbs worker bees up and down the roster. Mm -hmm. There has been a bit of a yo-yo effect with Tibbs teams recently where they've been really good one year and then bad the next for the past several years. We'll see if they can overcome that. But I think there's a chance the Knicks are awfully good. And I I was certainly hoping they would be here with this pick. Now I have to try to come up with another one. I was actually... This is probably where I would have taken Memphis because I was pretty high on Memphis's over, but can't really do that in good conscience, I think, now, given all the injury concerns they have. So I am going to, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take Minnesota. I this probably end up coming back to bite me as it has when I've picked Minnesota in the past, but <laughs> same boat. They, they, they're coming into this season uh, with Mike Connolly 
mm-hmm. on the roster. They looked much better when they had Conley the second half of last year, swapping him out, swapping him in for D'Angelo Russell. We've talked a lot about Anthony Edwards and the growth he has had, and he's got a chance to really take a step forward. And I think when you look across the West, I think there's certainly not going to be many teams with more motivation to prove something during the regular season in Minnesota. We've talked a lot about the, obviously the Gobert trade is not looking great. This, they really need to try to push forward and, you know, potentially get a high seed in the West this year, show they're actually making some, some real progress. Uh, so I'll, I'll take a swing on the Ant-Man leading the Wolves to a bunch of wins. Yeah, and they've got to figure things out offensively, obviously, with Gobert and Towns playing next to each other. Did not get a lot of time to do that last year with with Cap missing so much time. You know, if we're going to talk about the Wolves, the other guy i got to point out is Jaden McDaniels, who uh, one of the best defensive players in the league, and you know, I would certainly put him in the ascending talent category. Good question. Um, you know, unless something gets done, we'll be playing for – a contract as well, unless an extension gets done here in the next couple of days. Yeah, that's think, a hard believe the do. deadline. Believe the deadline for that is Monday night tonight. That's a, that's just a very hard contract to do for a number of reasons. Um, even though I think a lot of him is a player. Okay, my turn, right? Your turn. Um, yes. So normally here I'd be siding between the Grizzlies and the Clippers. Um, when you think about the Clippers, you're basically, in my view, not only wagering on the health of Kawhi, but you're wagering on how much the NBA is going to enforce the player participation policy. Um, not just on Kawhi, because we know he, um, you know, he would qualify, he would be an, ex- an exception, but also on Paul right. George. And just frankly, how interested the Clippers are in the regular season. I know they've given the lip service that they're going to care about it, but. Uh, and obviously my understanding is they're my understanding is they're gonna be pretty vigilant about it. I was we'll see if it, we'll see if they follow through, but that's that's the the messaging that I've been given. So we'll yeah, see the cruise on. control plan hadn't paid off. So yeah, maybe I'll try something. So else. I'm actually not going to pick the Clippers or the Grizzlies. Ooh, oh, hey, hey, I'm going hey. with the Oklahoma City. Thunder. Guys, it's Here. all about confidence. Blue choose, baby. <laughs> well, go back to your line before. This is Brian. This is Brian doing that for sure. Uh, this is a bet on Shea Gillis Alexander. This is a bet on Jalen Williams. This is a bet mm. on Chet Holmgren. And it's a bet on them potentially being able to improve their roster if the year goes on, depending. Although it seems like Sam Presti is his public stance is he wants to see this whole team play. Uh yeah, quite consistently. Last spring, again after the offseason, where they, you know, they were aggressive to move up in the draft, but not not to add via trade or add in free agency when they had the option to do both. This is, yeah, they want to see exactly what they've got with this young core, how it all fits together. Made 14 win jump last year. By my math, that means they're a 54 win team this year. I told Mark D that. Oh wait! Now, let me. I've been warned against making any thunder-related jokes. There's some, you know, they're very serious up there in Oklahoma City. But I seriously do think. Well, I will got say this: jump in. if I'm expressing skepticism about the PPP policy, or that's redundant, the player mm-hmm. participation policy with the Clippers, I have to apply it to the Thunder too, because no, you don't. Th- those guys are holding out Shea for a hangnail. Brother. They would disagree with that. 
They also might hold out Chet Holmgren coming off that foot injury, which he, I think, could potentially, depending on how the NBA wants to define it, coming off a serious foot injury, they could use as an exception. Sure. So it's possible. That well, he doesn't qualify for it anyway because he hasn't he hasn't made anything yet. Right. Also, I'll just point out anytime that we kind of scratched our heads about them holding out Shea, they were looking at the bottom of the standings and not at the playoff seedings. They will be looking at playoff seedings this year. This is they are look, Presti has pointed out they haven't even been 500 yet, right? They were 40 and 42 last year, but the Oklahoma City Thunder, they're not trying to get ahead of themselves. They're not trying to like add hype, but certainly they are going into this is the first year. Since they, you know, made the, the the Russ and Paul George trades, this is the first year they're going into the season thinking, "Hey, we can be a playoff team this year." And, Let and it be that, known, yeah, uh, Bontemps, that McMahon was in Tulsa, Oklahoma this week, checking out those Thunder. Well, I, you yeah, have to go to Tulsa sweet. now to get a courtside seat because Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. I mean, whew. it's very disappointing. Yeah, apparently they booted us out of courtside there. Although I some of the well, I got, I think I got an in on a uh, on a seat down there i think i got I, it in on a it's second uh, row I, but i yeah I, I think some of my okc visits i'll be able to wheeze them away into the second row still i i suspect that that might be the case i uh, i um i think the most as we've talked about i think arguably the most interesting thing in the league this preseason has been chad holmgren basically playing exclusively at center and thunder lining up their most talented lineup and letting it go and i think it's going to be Really fun to see what they look like. There's been obviously a lot of excitement about Victor Wembanyama's preseason. We'll talk about him in a bit. I think you can make an argument. Chats has been more impressive when you look at the overall way he is playing. And mm-hmm. I think that early on, for as many highlights as Victor has had, and he's been great, I think Chet might be able to impact winning a little bit more at both ends. And that's especially considering the talent around him in Oklahoma City. To me, Chet for Rookie of the Year is a pretty interesting bet. Mm-hmm. And you know, it like you said, even we know how good Shea is. If the Thunder live up to this spot in the draft order or above it, I think it's because Chet immediately walks in and gives them what they didn't have last year, which is a real presence defensively inside. And, and a lob threat. Shooting. Well, and that too, yeah. Spacing, both as a lob threat and as a as a three-point shooter. And then like this guy is going to be immediately. I think a top five rim protection league. You can say the same thing about Vic, but like just, he's going to have a phenomenal defensive presence. They did actually in the preseason game I went to, they started Olivier Saar, who's a two-way guy. They started him at center and Chet at the four. And that was uh, Jalen Williams, the the big Jalen Williams, uh, Jay Will is dealing with a hamstring. So he wasn't available, but, uh, Bagnall wanted to look at Chet playing with a big guy. He just wanted to kind of, you know, get get a little a bit of that on film, get a feel for it. Uh, certainly, it's something that they will do on occasion. But as you said, he's he's played almost outside of that, uh, almost solely center. And then offensively, man, like they're going to be able to put him on the floor with three guys who, you know, an All NBA creator, a Rookie of the Year runner up creator. And then Josh Giddy, who's you know one of the more talented young uh, playmakers in the league, and so you know Chet can get himself got himself in a little bit of trouble in summer league over dribbling. That's not going to be a concern 
uh, when he's on the floor with those guys. I think it's it really slots him into a perfect uh, spot as far as what they're asking of him offensively. Where I, you know, we all know how high I am on him. So, all right, personal foul on me. I forgot pick. to give. I forgot to give this note to you, Bon Temps, when you pick the Knicks. I just wanted to point out real quick that okay. there's a lot of the the betters are not high on the Knicks. More the Knicks uh under is the most heavily bet under in the casinos right hmm. now. Uh heavily I think that's crazy. The Knicks over is one of the best values you can get, which is forty five and a half. The I Knicks would, under I is, would tell people to to bet the Knicks over. I feel really strongly about the Knicks going right. over. And after I just elongated the podcast, now I'm going to say let's pick up the pace. So double personal foul. All right, here we go. Miami Heat, team that went to the finals last year despite having to really kind of sneak their way in via the play-in, via the last few minutes of the play-in at that. Um, you know, Tyler Hero's got a chip on his shoulder. I think he's given an interview to every outlet in the world saying as much. Um, you know, and obviously – They've they've <laughs> the the Heat tend to be a pretty good bet. That's a that's a pretty solid. They uh, tend to be a pretty good bet in the long run, but they don't always they don't always have the highest seed. Okay, so. but we're 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 fairly far down in the in the draft at this okay. point. I'm right. I'm comfortable taking the Heat here, um, and then I'm going to pick between two teams here. I'm going to take an upside swing here, and this is a risk. I'm betting on Zion to be able to play 60-plus games. Obviously, there's significant risk there. But again, I will point out that days before Zion went down last year, the New Orleans Pelicans were tied with the Nuggets for first place in the Western Conference. So praying to the uh, basketball gods that Zion can stay healthy and taking the Pelicans here. They have shooting issues, especially without Trey Murphy, but it's not the worst thing I've ever heard. Yeah, just that means it all comes down to Zion. Zion's healthy. That'll look good. If he doesn't, probably won't. <laughs> Analysis you can only get on the hoop collective. <laughs> hey, just, I mean, it, there's just not a lot of complications with them. It's just it's one yeah. way or the other. All right, who's next? You. Oh, geez, oh, Pete. All right, I think the Grizzlies have now become undervalued. I'm taking the Grizzlies uh, at this spot because eventually Ja will come back and Desmond Bain has looked good coming off the foot injury. And Jaron Jackson's still a high-class defensive player, even if his positioning isn't perfect. And mm-hmm. I think they're going to have some FU mentality uh, to a certain extent, especially John when he comes back. So I uh, I like the Grizzlies a little bit better for this farther down. Yeah, Marcus Smart's a winner. Um, I think betting on Bain, like Bain has gotten significantly better every single year. And I think he's got more. Like it, Bain being a 25-5-5 guy would not be surprising whatsoever. Um, just a real quick housekeeping note. Uh Adams, according to the Grizzlies update, this is this uh, surgery comes after quote non-operative rehabilitation did not resolve ongoing knee instability. So he did not have the previous uh, operation. They tried to do it without it, and unfortunately, it got to a point where that was no longer a path they could take. True. All right. Okay. What am I going to do uh, here? On, on Tim's is thinking this, this is could the- take a while. Well, this is the part of the draft where uh, there's not a lot of appealing options. Uh, I'm going to take the Sacramento Kings. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I say not a lot of appealing options because I think there's a lot of teams that are in a similar spot, and so you have to sort of sort between them. I'm going to take the Kings. Uh, I think 
Kings are going to be in a pretty good place to try to replicate what they did last year. Um, you know, we'll see if Keegan Murray could take a big step forward. That could be a huge swing piece for them this season. Uh, so I will take them. And then who am I going to take with the other pick? By the way, the betters are leaning heavily under on the Kings. The, yes. the under bet is way, the way negative odds. People do not think the Kings will replicate. They're at 44 and a half. People do not think the Kings will replicate. Well, last year they last. I don't know if they're going to win 48 or 49 games and finish second again. But if they win around their over under, even if it's 44 at this point in the draft, that will be okay. Yeah. More Hoop Collective podcast after this. And then who am I going to take with my other pick? I guess I'll take the Atlanta Hawks. They're probably going to finish seventh or eighth in the East. They're probably going to win somewhere in the low to mid forties. They'll have a really good offense. Their defense will probably be bad. And Trey Young, you know, that's sort of because that's what your team is when you have Trey Young. But they got well, you Quinn could Snyder. Also they got say, Trey Young. Yeah. You could also say you're betting on Quinn Snyder getting his full training yeah. camp offseason, whatever. Yeah. I mean, we, we talked about George Niang earlier. A lot of those wins, as you mentioned, was with, was with Quinn Snyder on the sideline. So yeah, no, Quinn's good. I mean, so I'll take the, I'll sort of take the Hawks. I'll take the Hawks there and <laughs> sort of take see them. how it goes. Yeah, I'll, I'll, well, I'll, I, I'll, I'll I talked take. you guys right out of taking the Clippers, and so now again, I think I've got good value here. Oh wait, I'll they didn't. The, I, they weren't on the board. They weren't. They weren't taken yet. <laughs> oh, they've been taken now. Good find, sir. Are you They're sure? Really you talked. Talk- about the Clippers, you talked about Kawhi and all those guys earlier, and you took them. That's why I didn't take them. No, I didn't take them. I said I was taking the Thunder. I think there was a Pay little attention in class. Pay attention in class. No, there was a play. ball fake there. No, I said I was explaining Jackson, why. Can you chime in here? Or are you are you putting on face paint for the Rams game? <laughs> I would have one hundred percent. I would have 100% taken the Clippers. I I was going back and trying to uh, – I should have been doing this at, at the, as we were going through, but I've been doing it since. I believe the I, Clippers have been taken. We had a listen, whole discussion man. about taking the regular listen. season seriously. Yes, we did. You guys did. are paying so much attention to this snake draft, but you're getting out foxed by the guy who's playing dumb. I oh, took, Fox I'm is on taking the Clippers. I haven't, they, haven't, they haven't been taken. Mm, well, I was taking them instead of the Hawks. No, no. What is this? Well, you're gonna run up and say that you—that's how you were taken. Your 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 pick is already in, sir. You can't re-undraft. Well, I'm also I'm also inputting this stuff as we're going. So all right, well, listen. listen if, if, I thought if, you were a man if, of integrity, but okay. If Wendy took a team well, twice, and then he only gets credit for one. I mean, oh, fine. I mean, I, I think that's fake. Jackson, ridiculous. Jackson, but that's fine. Yeah. Oh, listen. What a yeah. Fake. Okay. All right. Sure. All right. Good. Good work there, Wendy. I would have taken them too. Damn. All right. Are you, are you just going to smirk? You done? Right, man. Back I, to you. My pick has been made. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, it's on okay. to me. The pick is All in. Right. Sorry, the pick is in. All right. Well, I'm going to take uh, – I'm going to double up here on uh, coaches that I know quite well. My hometown coach, Jason Kidd, and my former hometown coach, Rick Carlisle. I'm going Mavs and Pacers. And uh, the Mavs, like, I'm hoping they can put that D in Dallas at some point. I do have some concerns about them starting a teenage center. Uh, but, you know, they're going to score a bunch of points with with uh, with Luka and Kyrie Irving. By the time people are listening to this pod, they'll know whether Luka practiced Monday or not. But 
that sound they sound optimistic that'll be the case and hopeful that he'll be ready to go for the season opener. Certainly that calf is not anything uh that that sounds like a, a major issue going in the season. And then the Pacers, you know, I like a lot of the pieces, and we all know what a Tyrese Halliburton fan I am. Uh, I think they've got some some pretty nice young pieces around him. And uh I know that. Rick Carlisle and, you know, people above him in that organization are are tired of uh, kind of the rebuild and, and are determined to win. All right. So with like where I'm at right now, so with where I'm at right now, I'm choosing in between, and I haven't picked either of these teams. I'm telling you I'm choosing in between. Okay. Although maybe I shouldn't even say that. Maybe we'll just come around and take them again. I'm choosing in between Orlando and Brooklyn. Brooklyn is highly incentivized to win no matter what, because, they don't control their pick going mm-hmm. forward. That would lead me to go that direction, but I really do like the Magic's young talent. Franz Wagner had a terrific summer, mm-hmm. and he is an ascendant talent in this league. I think Bancaro is, you know, a future all-star. Um, but I think I'm afraid the Magic, if it, if the wind blows the wrong way, are going to pack her in because they've been known to do that. So. Even though I probably like the Magic more, I'm going to take the Nets. Okay. I bet I'm McCall Bridge is continuing what he was able to do post-trade last year. Well, and Simmons also, oh, I think, is going to be a functional point guard, at least, which well, I think helped them. They are built to, uh, they are built sort of to take advantage of what he is still able to do. We've talked about him some on the pod. Um... Hmm. What am I going to do here? There's a whole bunch of Eastern Conference teams that are not super appealing. And there's a couple teams in the West that I think are going to be pretty rough. So I will take the Magic. Uh, I will bet on their upside. Um, I do think they're going to be motivated to win. They do have Franz and Paolo, as you just said. Uh, so I, I think they've got a chance to get up into the top eight somewhere. Um, by the way, the betters agree with you. The betters, uh, well, the, a lot of people are taking the magic under, but a ton of people are taking the under on the nets other than the Knicks. The nets have the second most, uh, ratio of people taking the under a lot of people think the nets are going under 37 and a half. Um, and people going under on the magic too, but they, they would agree more with you than me on this one, Bontemps. Yeah. And then I'm going back and forth on the other one. I'll probably take the bulls here. I guess I'll take the bulls. I thought about going in another direction. I do think Chicago is going to be motivated to try to make the playoffs. Um, DeMar DeRozan is still really good you know, at this point, and you're just trying to find teams that are going to maybe get a little bit over 500. Chicago could maybe do that. I don't think the wheels are going to fall off like they could for some of these other teams down here. So I will take the Bulls who continue to be floating around and play in mediocrity. Chicago needs to be motivated to get as much as they can get in the trade market for some of these guys who can help good teams. I certainly agree with that, but that is not the uh, stance that has been taken. I understand. So now we're down in the zone where you're trying to guess whether teams are going to tank or not. Because, like, 
you know, I see the Houston Rockets beating their chest, you know, and obviously right. major t- t- talent upgrade. I haven't picked the Houston Rockets, okay? Okay. Uh, but I, I know that uh, when push comes to shove that, you know, they're probably going to to pack it in, which they should. Why? No, and, no, no. If they pack it in, they better pack it hard because top four protected pick owed OKC. They better they pack have, it yeah, real have, hard, brother, and real early. They have motivation well, just, on a variety of fronts. They have motivation on a variety of fronts to try to win. I just don't know if they're going to be well, capable of anyway, winning. Well, anyway, I'm taking the Jazz. The Jazz quiet tanked last year. I think they <clears> got a <throat> among the teams that are left. Uh, I think the Jazz have the best roster, and yeah. I think they have an excellent coach, Will Hardy, podcast guest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm taking the Jazz. Which I, well, that was the team I was is, is the least valuable that we've had. Which, which podcast? <laughs> Um, I will just point out something. I, I would have taken the Jazz there as well. I agree with you on them having the best roster of the remaining teams. Big questions as far as who's their lead guard. That's the biggest question. Yep. I'm just going to point out the Jazz also owe a protected first-round pick this year to who else? The Oklahoma City Thunder. It is a top 10 protected pick. This is from the Derek Favor salary dump. Um, if they are floating around in that 10, 8, 9, 10, 12 range, I'm just telling you, like, you know, there might be some sore backs down the stretch in Utah. And by the way, where are they picked right now? They're picked. We picked them basically 22nd in this, uh, in this thing. Right. So they're like right around 10th in, in the league Mm -hmm. in terms of lottery positioning. So uh, if the, if the jazz were in the East, I definitely would have taken them. That was who I was going back and forth with Chicago, but like, I was thinking about that top 10 protected pick. I think it's more likely they finish 12th than, you know, say ninth or 10th. So I went the other way, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot to be excited about long-term with jazz, just probably not quite yet. Yeah. But good pick at the spot. Off to me. Uh, I am going with my man Darko uh, up in Toronto, rookie head coach. You know, this is another team that we've talked a lot about. Hey, should they be selling? Should they be selling? They have the betters hate them. They're very, they're one of the heaviest under bet teams. And if you bet them over, you can get some of the best odds. They're 36 and a half is their over under. Okay. But we're down to the point of the draft where no, I'm just, I'm just giving context. That's all. Yeah, there are teams with a it. lot lower over unders over unders that are off the board. Um, they owe a top six protected pick to San Antonio from the Jakob Pertle trade, which, man, I, I, that, that's a hard one for me to wrap my head around. But obviously, that's a trade that a team makes that is trying to win. They signed Dennis Schroeder uh, because they are trying to win. And, uh, you know, we'll see if, uh, if, you know, I mentioned Evan Mobley earlier. We'll see if Scotty Barnes can take the kind of leap that didn't happen in his sophomore year. Next pick. Ah, oh, what the hell? Let's go with the seven foot, whatever Frenchman. All right. They're going to be fun to watch. I like some of the Spurs young pieces. Um, obviously you know, winning as many games as possible is not necessarily the primary goal this year in San Antonio, but, I'm, I'm going to bet on Vic playing. I'm going to say he plays more than 65 games and that they win more than 30. They also just well, signed different. Zach Collins to a contract extension this morning, according to our agent Wojnarowski. Uh Two years, $35 million for Zach Collins, who is going to be starting next to Victor Wembanyama at center for the Spurs and, this year. And I really like having him starting next to Vic for, uh, you know, to have a center and and kind of ease the the pounding on Vic. And also, man, 
when Vic's able to just kind of roam, like if they can figure out, you know, if they can put him on like the the least of the shooting threats and he's just roaming around and like <laughs> got those pterodactyl wings that are swatting everything in place. Yep. I, I, I will say this. I think Vic's going to have more of an impact defensively than offensively this year. And I think he'll score more than 20 per game. Their over-under is 28 and a half and the money is heavy on the under. Not a vote of confidence in them winning a lot of games. I think there's this uh, everything's bigger in Texas starting lineup is suspect where they're starting uh, basically four forward slash centers and one shooting guard. It's fascinating. Uh, yeah. Um, so I don't know, maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't, but I'm just, well, and again, that goes back to the, the, the priority is not winning. It's kind of the discovery process and Hey, can Jeremy Sohan play point guard with these pieces around him? You know, the answer might be no, but it's worth finding out. Yeah, I think All it's a hundred percent the right move. And you know, like you, this is this this year is entirely about starting to figure out where this team is going, what they're going to look like moving forward with Victor and what kind of players can fit around him, what kind of pieces you need to have around him. And certainly that, that is entirely what this should be about. They shouldn't be trying to win the most games possible because the best lineup for them to win the most games possible is to start Trey Jones and to probably have Jeremy Sohan or Kelton Johnson come off the bench. But again, have all those guys out there, see what it looks like, get a sense of where, um, where things are going going forward. And yeah, like look, it's been it's been a really good uh it's been a really good preseason for them, I think, from that standpoint, to get start to get a sense of what they're gonna be. And, you know, look, Victor's certainly been very impressive out here in the Bay. He played Friday night and had three block shots in the first quarter, including a couple real highlight ones against Andrew Wiggins and Clay Thompson, including block and clay on a three. Um and it's going to be a lot of fun and they're probably going to be bad and that won't really matter. All right. All right I'm going to, I'm going to go with uh, Charlotte Hornets. The miles bridges situation is stomach turning. I, um, honestly, I don't understand why he's anywhere near their facility. I don't get it. Uh, the only thing I can say is that we don't have all the information. Um, well, until there's should at the least, they should at least have him. They should at least have him on leave. It's it's insane that he's around the team. Yeah. Okay, yes. so I'm I'm wagering on them being better with Lamelo Ball. I really thought they were going to be a team that was going to pick up a lot because I was believing that you know Miles Bridges after getting suspended would give a big lift to them, and he would be highly motivated because he's on a one year deal. And um, you know, it is what it is on that one. But I'm, I'm taking yeah. that one. If if Lamelo if Lamelo is healthy. And they get some more growth from Mark Williams, who they drafted just outside the lottery um, and looked pretty good second half of last mm -hmm. year. They, they've they got a chance to go decently over their over, I think. I mean, they went close to their over under uh, last year and Lamella played like 25 games. So if he if he actually it's sort of like the Pelicans, if he actually stays on the court and they've got Steve Clifford as their coach, they got a chance to be decent. I'm going to take the Rockets. I uh, take, you know, I'm not. No, Brian went back and forth and took Utah before. When, well, I, I got got mind control over you. Just really, he really it. It's it's what he gets for talking for like five minutes about a team and then taking another one. I am gonna take. <laughs> I am gonna take Houston though. Um, we will see uh, how many games they actually win. But at this point, I think they've got the highest upside 
of these remaining squads. Uh, I'm I'm going to leave the, the teams I think are pretty clearly going to be the two worst teams in the league to you guys. I'm going to take Detroit with my other pick. Mm, yeah, Cade Cunningham looked tremendous with Team USA this summer. Arguably, he was the best player in Vegas, um, even though he was on the select team. And I think he's got a chance to take a big step forward this year. Personally, obviously, that's still sort of a Frankenstein roster around him. They're probably not going to be that great. But if Cade is as advertised, they could push up somewhere near the play-in if it all breaks right. So getting them this step far down, I will uh, I will take them and hope their last year's Utah. Oh, crap. I would have I taken your pockets over the Spurs. When do you keep pump faking and I keep biting? <laughs> for a guy who can't jump, I go for a ridiculous <laughs> amount of pump fakes. Because listen, Rockets are trying like hell to win. Like it's phase two, it's time to win, and all that kind of stuff. They're they they are trying to win. So, anyways, go on. All right, I'm going to take the. Well, the uh, best part is he went back and forth between taking Utah and Houston, and then they were sitting there the next time, and he didn't take Houston again. So, I know. I don't know. What do you want me to say? Uh, I'm going to take the Blazers. That means you get the Wizards, McMahon. Yes. I don't know what there is to. I don't know what there is to say at this point. Full rebuilds in both what there places. Is, what there is to say. What there is to say is that Scoot Henderson is going to be fun to watch and Jordan Poole is going to get up a lot of shots. That's what there is to say. Yes. One of my uh, big pieces of advice to my, my friend who's in a, who's in a draft today was if you need scoring, get Jordan Poole, because I know he's not going to do it every night, but I suspect he had, he had a 41 point preseason game in this last week. I expect we could see multiple 40 point well, games listen, from Jordan Poole this year. Jordan, I was at the Garden on Wednesday. Jordan Poole had 29 in the first half against the Knicks, had 41 in the game. They beat the Knicks, who played their guys by 25. Mm-hmm. Tibbs, predictably, was very enthused after the game. Basically, <laughs> sounded like it was game five of playoff series, and that the entire franchise is in jeopardy after that one. It was, it was perfectly on brand. Uh, and then the next game, Jordan Poole comes out and goes one for 15 from the field. That is going to be the Jordan Poole experience in a nutshell. And by the way, the Wizards are very incentivized to have Jordan Poole score 30 points a game this year and do whatever he wants on offense because that increases the potential trade value of Jordan Poole, who they can then move on in a deal because I'm sure without, I mean, I don't don't think you need to ask the Wizards. That's what the goal is right now. It's Mm -hmm. asset accumulation. Will Dawkins comes right out of the... Uh, the Sam Presti school, and they're already doing many of the same things that the Thunder did, including going up in the draft to get Bilal Koulibaly, really interesting uh, young French prospect who played with Victor last year like that. So, yeah, Jordan Poole is going to score a lot this year, and he's also going to have a lot of nights where he's going three for 17 because he's not going to be afraid to shoot no matter if they're going in or not. Well, honestly, right. I don't know about three for 17 because he's getting them more than that. <laughs> The NFL games are starting. Thank you, Listen to Collective Podcast. I think I've got the best team. Appreciate it. Thanks for playing, guys. Yeah, thanks um, for pump faking. Adios, amigos. I got to go watch football. All right. Thanks, Listen to Collective. We'll talk to you soon.